Welcome to the Locum Strategist podcast. I'm your host, Simon Parsons, and this is the show where we help physicians take control of their skill set and create a life on their own terms by using Locum Tenens as a pathway to making that happen. On today's show, I have a very special guest because I will be chatting with Dr. Rosado, who's a general surgeon that has been doing Locum's work with me in between finishing up his transplant uh, surgery uh, fellowship and then his upcoming surgical critical care fellowship. Dr. Rosado, it's great to have you. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for spending the time uh, with me here today. But I, I think I, I, I said that the wrong way. You didn't actually finish up your transplant fellowship, um, but you decided that might not have been a good fit for you and then transition into something else and use locums as kind of a bridge to make that happen. We'll dive into that in just a bit. But before we go into that, I wanted to find out a little bit more about you and why you got into medicine. When I first started doing locums recruiting, I remember them telling us about those long hours of residency. Sometimes you guys are up like 12, 16 hours per day. And I always wonder, I always like to ask people like, what got you through that time? What was your motivation? What got you started on this path? But tell me a little bit more about that. And then we can dive into some, some locums topics. Sure. Uh, so just real quick for me, I grew up, um, and I had really bad asthma as a kid. So I actually spend a lot of time in the hospital and with doctors, um, probably more so uh, than I did anything else. I used to go to the hospital about every two weeks as a kid. Um, so it just became something that I got very interested in very young, you know, when everybody else was playing with their, you know, uh, fire trucks and police cars, I was going to the doctor. So the doctors became the heroes. So. Um, it was a very early interest of mine. And then I kind of uh, fostered that early. My mom really encouraged me to explore that. Uh, it wasn't something that our family had never really gone to. They hadn't even gone to college, nevertheless become a doctor. Um, but yeah, I kind of started doing some summer programs at the local medical school in New Jersey where I grew up and uh, kind of built it from there. When I was in college, we still went back for programs and just kept growing from that standpoint. The reason why I ended up in surgery was actually during one of those summer programs, they paired me with a surgical oncologist as like a mentor type of thing. And he took us into the OR to watch him do an operation. And I was sold. Um, I was like, that's cool. I want to do that. Um, and I guess even as I went back, I actually went back to that medical school and that's where I went for medical school and stayed for residency. So um, how you get through it, you just, rem I say that the best way to get through any residency is the people you work with. Um, everyone was working hard hours. It's long, it's tiring, it's arduous. Uh, you're, you're trying to take care of other humans and their worst. Um, and it's emotionally draining physically, mentally. Um, but when you have people that you work with who are also going through that, you kind of just all support each other. I think that's really the true beauty of what gets people through residency. Um, because otherwise there's very limited other reasons why we should continue doing what we do. Yeah, that is amazing perspective. I can appreciate that, that the community and being on a team. Now, uh, <clears throat> I was really excited to ask you this question. I appreciate you being willing to share this with me, but uh, one thing that I'm hearing a lot about is there will be a surgeon that I work with or I'm talking with, and they may be going down a certain path. Maybe it's vascular surgery or surgical oncology, uh, in your case, transplant uh, surgery. And they they realize that it's it's not what they want to do or not quite for them, or maybe they're having difficulty with the fellowship. Um, you successfully 
pulled out of a fellowship, the transplant fellowship, and then you started doing locums. And now you have a surgical critical care fellowship lineup. But can you tell me more about that? And the reason why I asked this is I just feel like that can be a hard decision to make. And I always feel like it's good to listen to your body and your gut on things and not feel pressured or, or, or do things because of expectations of others. But tell me a little bit more about your journey in that fellowship and what caused you to, to pivot. Yeah. So I, I started fellowship in transplant. I mean, I had done all the stuff in residency to go into transplant for liver and kidney. Um, we had a liver uh, transplant program where I was a resident really loved the mentors and the, the attendings that we had in that program. They were great teachers. And I just fell in love with it at that time. Um, I did do research. I took two years dedicated time off during my residency to just do liver uh, transplant research. Um, so I was all gung-ho for it and kind of uh, into it. The problem was is that probably the last couple of years I started to fall out of love with it just I'm not really sure what the reasoning was. I just didn't love it anymore. Um, I guess the glamour of what I had fell in love with earlier had faded. Um, and, but I had continued on and I pressed on because that is what you do. You know, I had set myself up for this career and you start down a path and you just continue to follow that path. Um, so that's what I did. And uh, I got into a very good uh, liver and kidney transplant fellowship. And I went there and I found that I could not take it anymore. And really the reason for that is when I tell people, you know, when you don't love what you're doing, you know, it's hard to deal with everything else. You know, this is a very stressful job. There's a lot of difficulties, long hours, et cetera, personalities, everything involved. When you love it, you can get through it, no problem. But the moment you stop loving it, that's when you really should start thinking whether you should stay. And it's inherent in us, our type A personalities as physicians to just keep on going and keep on trekking through and the, the ability to pivot from that is really hard. Um, and for me, it was really hard. I, I lasted 10 months into the fellowship before I finally quit. Um, and it wasn't till I started taking account of how it was affecting me personally. Um, I was having much more stress and anxiety from it. And then on top of that, um, I just wasn't happy anymore. I found myself more frustrated with what I was doing. I didn't love what I was doing at all. Um, and luckily, I had very good friends and mentors who were very encouraging about me making that transition if I needed to. And, you know, understanding that, yeah, you know, fellowship especially isn't a necessity, right? Uh, I, I am still a, a general surgeon by training and completely been board certified and everything else in that. So I didn't need the fellowship if I didn't love it. So I decided that what was best for me was to uh, pivot away from that. And that was a very hard, I tell people that was the hardest decision I've ever made, but yet it turned out to be the best decision I've ever made for myself because it really gave me this freedom to really understand what I wanted um, in the long term and really transition to something that I did love, um, which is great. It's hard to do though, I will say, you know, when you're, you're so used to being on a set path at the moment, you're like, I'm going to deviate from that path. It's not as easy as you anticipated to be. Do you feel like, uh, I'm sure the weight fell off your shoulders when you made that decision, but do you feel like, because I, I think this could be relatable to a lot of people, not just in the context of a fellowship, but 
people sometimes get into positions where they are getting micromanaged and they hate it, or maybe they're working 80 hours per week and not bringing in the money that they want to compared with how much they're working and not having time to do the things that they love. But I feel like one of the biggest problems in medicine is that people are getting overworked and it's hard to make that shift. It's hard to pivot because you have, you know, you feel like you're quitting or you may feel like a failure, but do, do you feel like in your situation, a lot of those fears were more in your head? And then once you decided to make that decision, you had a lot of support and, and how did it feel afterwards? Uh, it felt great afterwards. And yes, you know, you, you, you harbor these fears that you're letting people down, your mentors, people that trained you, that supported you, yourself, your family, whatever the case is. <laughs> but you realize that when you don't love something, you really take a personal toll on yourself. Um, and so making that pivot, when I finally did, I felt that I was freer personally um, and happier and that that was reflected in my relationships with other people, but also that those other people were very supportive of me throughout the entire process and encouraging of what I should do next and, you know, how to kind of balance life after, you know, getting off the train that I had been going on for so long. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think it does take courage. And I think that there's a lot of relief. You kind of know when it's not the right situation, but just, you know, I would encourage anybody to give themselves, you know, that, that, the space to um, have that courage and to get that weight off your chest and, and be okay with making a pivot. Uh, and typically you look back on those situations and you're glad that you did. So with that said, uh, tell me about how locum's, fit into the entire picture for you? Like what, how did you find out about locums? What caused you to start thinking about it? And, and what's your experience been like so far? Sure. So uh, locums is something that, you know, we all had heard about it. It had become very popular, especially after COVID people were transitioning into doing more um, locum gigs. It was something that we knew as residents early on in my career, locums was something that more was more surgeons did it as like a twilight to their career rather than the start of their career, which was a little different in my case. Um, but um, when I thought about like my options and talking to my mentors of what I was going to do after finishing the transplant fellowship, I knew I wanted to go back and do another fellowship. I was more academically inclined. I knew that um, I still loved critical care and I had actually during my transplant fellowship did more critical care than I anticipated as part of that fellowship, which made me miss critical care even more. So I knew that I kind of wanted to pivot into critical care trauma um, after a discussion with my um, uh, mentors. And I knew that I could do that in such a time where I had basically a year gap. Um, so I was only going to lose a year. So what did I do with that year? Um, and locums was the better option than trying to find a job where I would permanently stay. No one wants to onboard anybody who's only going to stay for a year. It takes too long to onboard anybody in general, nevertheless, to keep someone for just a year. So locums is, was a great type of in-between for that and allowing me to still work and keep up my surgical skills and make money um, and bridge that gap between when I finished one fellowship and when I'll start the next one. I have a question. So you mentioned that locums seem to be something that, you know, the older surgeons would do as they're, they're shifting out of working full-time or working too many hours. What I have seen in the last 10 years is a major transformation because it was, it was hard to fill jobs back 10 years ago, at least in my specialty. And I've seen a, a major boom in locums 
And also, I think part of this has to do with the generational shift in values. And I love, I would love to get your perspective on this because one thing that I really admire about like millennials and Gen, Gen Z is the, the, the they're create, it seems to me that they crave more freedom and flexibility and doing stuff that is true to them rather than just status and money and having things like my generation and the generations before me. Do you have any comments about that? I think that, yeah, uh, it's very much a difference uh, in my generation coming into surgery that we're, we want our work-life balance. It's been a very big thing. I mean, even during my time in medical school and residency over the last whatever many years it's been, um, there was a whole shift in wellness, right, and personal wellness and having people find that work-life balance because they found how burnt out physicians were. Um, and so that was a really big transition and something that where I was a resident, at least my program was very diligent in trying to make sure we had that balance in our lives. Um, listen, we still worked 80 hours plus weeks, like that was just life, but at the same time, um, finding that in between where you can still have a life and go out and have friends and stay, see your family and, and, and things like that. So it was something that was very inherent into my residency program that when I transitioned into a fellow, I was not feeling as much because it's not universal yet. It's still something that everybody's still working out and it varies from specialty to specialty. So I think that people now are transitioning with this idea that they want to have the life they want and they find the balance they want to find. Um, and so I, I remember even in residency, there were residents who were, you know, who were talking about their plan for graduation was to start doing locums, right? And that was a very interesting thing to me where that's not the traditional way, right? Locums was a, was a career sunsetter type of thing, not a career starter. Um, and so it was an, it's been a very interesting transition, but people have found that they can have that balance that they want. And that's the balance that they're looking for when it comes to their jobs. Um, I know that there's a locums person I worked with here. He's also fairly new out of his uh, uh, career and he did this he wanted the balance that's what he that's why he started private practice work that felt overworked and was like nope not for me and he's only three four years out of training so it, it's something that we're, we value our personal time and our personal freedoms to have a life i love that i'm uh, a gen xer but i feel like i'm a millennial at heart <laughs> so <laughs> Okay, so I've had a year with you, which I'm so grateful for. And it's been fun seeing you try out different work settings. I believe we've sent you to a place in California where you could drive into. And then we've sent you all the way across the country to work in Kentucky. I think you may have done something up in Maine through a different agency. And then now we have you working at the Indian Health Services in Arizona. I want to hear about like your journey through these different settings, what are some of the dis differences? What did you like about it? What did you dislike? Give me a, a rundown on, on your experience so far. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting, right? Cause it's not, you know, it's not the setup of being a resident for one. Um, it, it, none of this is none of these places that you see for locums for the most part are places that are large enough to have a full setup hospital for one Two, um, So you're, you're using, you're working with under-resourced places for the most part um, in more rural kind of uh, rural being an operative term that varies what your terminology of rural is based off of each state and location I have found, but typically more, you know, 
out of the way kind of place um, that has less resources, less employees. And a lot of times you're by yourself. Um, and so it's been interesting kind of seeing that China transition. Um, you know, where I was in California, it was two and a half hours from where my apartment was in LA. Uh, so that was fairly convenient uh, drive, but it was still sort of the middle of nowhere, even though we were two and a half hours from LA, right? Like we still had to, you had to know, um, I've had to learn and be appreciative of what I can and cannot do. In residency, that answer was very broad. I could do a lot. There were a lot of resources available. In these situations, a lot of those resources don't exist. So I have to know what I'm capable and okay with doing in these places. Um, things that I would be was okay with doing in residency, I won't do in most of these locums places and I'll transfer them out. Um, and you have to know that. Right, because I've seen some people when I first started, uh, I started with one position and we were brand new, straight out of you know training, kind of going into being locums for the first time. And yeah, he had a very large skill set of what they could do and, and the knowledge he had to do surgically. And he tried to do that at this small hospital where they didn't have the resource to back him up from that standpoint. And he got into self, himself into some trouble. Uh, so you, you see, you have to know how to kind of gauge the, the good and bad of every hospital. And every hospital does have some good and bad. Um, I will say the, the one thing is there's a lot of flexibility in terms of what I could do and where I could go um, in terms of my own schedule. So I kind of made my own schedule, which was nice. But at the same time, when you've got to each hospital, it's it, you're figuring things out, especially when you're only there for a short period of time. Um, like some of my gigs, like my Kentucky gig, right? I did that for six months. Right. So after six months, I kind of already knew the way the whole place worked. People knew me there. Like it wasn't that, you know, shocking. And I knew how to, you know, deal with the, the hospital. But when I've gone to other hospitals for a coverage for the weekend or three days or four days here, blah, blah, blah. Like it's hard because you're only there for such a short period of time. You're like, I don't know exactly what the resources are here. I don't know what people are capable of, what the hospitals capable of, what the patient population has their own struggles with. So it's a little bit harder when you bounce from place to place. Um, so, uh, you know, having certain gigs that were longer was always more appreciative because you kind of start having a feel for the place. And then like now where I'm at the Indian health services, is a completely different setup where it's a semi-permanent job. So, even though I'm locums, I'm here almost full time and I have, uh, you know, an office, we have office hours and we see patients in clinic and we can book our own patients. And we then have our own emergency cases where most of the locums gigs that I got before that were all just pure on call. So I was just the on call person. I didn't have an elective practice. I didn't have a clinic to, to manage. Um, and that varies from site to site. Like one site, my very first site in California, that site I didn't have a clinic per se, but I had a post-op clinic. So I saw all the post-op patients um, and I didn't book elective cases and it was mostly just ER, but there was this, this you know, office component that kind of came into it as well and what that means and how to manage that, et cetera. So my last question for you is uh, a lot of people listen to this podcast and they're thinking about doing locums. They want to get the perspective of somebody like you. But if, um, if somebody's listening to this and they're, 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 they're on the fence about doing this, um, they're looking to get some advice, what would you say, are there any tips that you would give about being successful as a locums, maybe to tell like, you know, a, a, a version of yourself a year and a half ago, or maybe somebody who's listening to this podcast, what, what, 
type of advice would you give to somebody who's stepping into this world? Um, know what it is that you want out of it. Um, I think that when I first went into it, I just was scrambling to understand, to find a job. Um, after I'd quit my fellowship and you're just kind of like, okay, sure, whatever. And you, you do a little bit more research than the whatever and, and actually understand what it is you want from a place, right? There's a differences in every place that you go to, not just the hospital setups, but the uh, community that you're going to be living in, right? Most of, like I said, most of these are rural. You're going to be, you know, if you come from a big city, be prepared to be in the middle of nowhere where, you know, to get to anything of sort of civilization, it's like, you know, an hour and a half, two, three hours away, right? Like I, I grew up in cities all my life. This has been a cultural shock to me, um, but it's something that you have to adjust to, right? That, that a lot of things are not easily accessible. Um, it plays a part, not just in your own personal comfort where you're at, but also the uh, prospect of, uh, you know, taking care of your patients. So that's something I think that you should, you know, know what it is, what you want and understand how you can best apply that to the different locums jobs. Um, the other um, thing that I've kind of learned over this is know the type of uh, place that you have, right? Like I said earlier, like you have places where you're just going to be on ER call and you're just doing, you know, ER cases. Well, how busy is that? Like, are you coming in and doing ER cases every day? Is it like you're going to do in a week of coverage, you do maybe one case? Um, and if that's something that you're okay with. Um, or you look for something more semi-permanent like the IHS jobs where, you know, it's you work for the government. So that's its own special type of thing working for the government's always fun but at the same time it, it's it's a more structured lifestyle and you have a more day-to-day -day that you're going to work um and it's you know like for me now i'm doing the the ihs kind of for six months and so that's a set thing i'm not bouncing from back to forth going to 12 different hospitals in a, in a month and some people enjoy that right they just love going from hospital to hospital and if you're that's what you want then you go from hospital to hospital but if you like something more structured then look for something a little bit more structured so there are options in uh, in everything so know what it is you want and kind of understand that when it comes to choosing the type of jobs you're going to take that's some beautiful advice. And I think my bit, the thing that lights me up the most about this, this conversation is just the, our, how you talked about making a pivot and having the courage to do, do that and to listening to yourself on, on, you know, what is right for you. So I really appreciate you sharing that, uh, audience. Thank you so much for tuning in. I would love it. If, uh, if you found value in this, please share this with somebody who could use this message and if you're on Apple and Spotify, I would love it if you could rate this podcast. Just pull out your phone. It just takes a second to do that. Drop us some stars. And then, um, yeah, if you want to leave Dr. Rosado any notes, I'm going to open up uh, the chat on that. So please uh, feel free to ask him a question or leave him a note about what you took away from this discussion. Dr. Rosado, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to have partnered with you over this last year. Uh, it's great to talk to you again in person this time, Simon. <laughs>